Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Potstrickland. I'm your host, Shwinifu, and this is episode 352. I am not joined, as always, by my co-host, Prez, who is busy with work like a loser, but he is here in spirit. Uh, but I am joined by first-time guest of the pod. You can find him on Twitter, at Terranovan Noah. Noah also has mm. a YouTube channel. Uh, where he does a lot of work about many, many players in the NBA, analyzing them, and he also does some draft work as well. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, I just uploaded a video about now about an hour before we got on. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's the thick of the NBA season, so like this is like like November, December. Those are like the big months on YouTube. Uh, when it comes to like just getting as much out of, as possible, like November, because like that's like the real big start. Like you can get like your reactionary, like not not for me reactionary. Like I do a lot of breakdown stuff, but still, it's like it's still early season and a lot can change, and then you can reflect on it. But December is like the biggest month. I'm just getting ready for that because of all like, all the Christmas ads that roll in. You make so much money off that. <laughs> so, um, like I, I I try to get a beat out. Every day of the month, I usually get about 25 and then I get to Christmas and I get, I'm just mentally wiped. Um, and then you get to watch basketball all day on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I love it. Like, it's something that I started as a hobby, but it, it eventually, like, I, I, I'm reaching a point where I realize, like, if I really work at this over the next few months, I can make this, like, my full time job. And, just thinking that, thinking about like the fact that I can make a real money off of talking about a sport that I love, and also going through the video editing process that I just love, uh, which is the main reason I do YouTube. Like I, at my core, I, I I'm a video creator. I, I just love that process. So knowing that I'm I, I'm in a position to maybe do this for a living one day, like it it really presses me all the time. Yeah. Well, look, uh, if anybody is not familiar, let me tell you, he literally is mm -hmm. putting out a video a day. So uh, yeah. but before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at the Strickland on Instagram. Post all kinds of new content on there. Strickland also has a YouTube channel, which is not as prolific as Noah's. Uh, <laughs> maybe watch this podcast there. If you are, you've not done so already, please hit like. Leave us a comment and subscribe to the channel. That would be a huge mm -hmm. help to us. Strickland also has merchandise that is available on our website. You can find that at www.thestrick.land. Uh, there's a link that will take you to the merchandise store. We've got all kinds of cool stuff on there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it. We've got it. Mm -hmm. And finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pot Strickland's podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to... Takes from Obvious Bozos, our newest podcast hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Blatter. 
You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod where I rant and rave about the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Marino, one of the best in the business. And now you get access to Strictly NFL, our newest pod, which is about, you guessed it, the NFL. That is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, $100 tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits, like listening to pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, and this would be possible without you. And none of this would be possible without Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride, and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to the BetOnline app today, and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, so, uh, look, you just dropped a video a few days ago uh, about Jalen Brunson. And uh, he is off. He had a very interesting start to the season, which you uh, documented in the video. Really ice cold from inside the arc, mm-hmm. super hot from three. Uh, he stayed hot from three, but the two point percentage is now coming up. And what is interesting to me, because after I was watching your video, I was like, damn, I didn't realize, like I knew, but I didn't really realize how absolute shit he was inside the arc to start mm-hmm. the year. Uh, if you look at his numbers right now, he actually is like, I think he has, he's a 58.4 true shooting. He's actually got the same effective field goal percentage that he had last season, which is wild considering mm-hmm. right now he is shooting almost six percentage points worse from inside the arc than he did last year. Uh, last year he was at 51.9. Right now he's at 46.1. Um, I thought you did a really good job of just highlighting like why you're not worried about the two point percentages. Mm-hmm. And actually, if anything, like, it's pretty encouraging that he's playing as well as he has yeah. without that getting to the level he is. Um, you know, what have you seen? Like, what did you see when you were just kind of were breaking down his tape? And, um, you know, what, like, what do you think Knicks fans should be? What do you think is so encouraging, I guess, about yeah. his, his slow start from inside the yeah. arc? Uh, so what, what I talked about in the video was like, there's a whole level of the, of scoring that he just hasn't been good at to start this season. Uh, which is at the rim. Uh, but he's been absolutely incredible at the other two levels, which is the mid-range and the three-point line. Uh, I was shocked when I looked at his mid-range numbers. I knew he was a good mid-range shooter, but like, I think it was like 53% and he was in like the 90, like, I think it was like 98th percentile in attempts on long mid-range jumpers, which, uh, clean, uh, I think cleaning the glass classifies as from 14 feet to just within the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, for him to be like encouraging in those two areas is very much a sign of just how good he is at those two things. And when I watched him play, I think it's a, a testament to how technically sound he is as a soccer creator. Uh, I think he has the best footwork of any point guard in the NBA. Uh, that was something that stood out to me, like his ability, like even on his long twos, like he was doing like some post bid and stuff. And I, there's definitely like, and this is something I've, I've always thought, I've always felt about him. Brunson plays like he wants to be 6'8. <laughs> like, does. that's always something I noticed with him. Uh, and like, you noticed that with his footwork and like the post stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, well, he I, was think, a good I think that's a reason. Yeah, I mean, I think year, that, but he's an elite one now. 
Yeah, and and to to what you're talking about as far as like he plays like he's six eight. I think that's a reason he dropped to where he did in the draft because I remember mm-hmm. when he came out, like a lot of the concern was like, okay, look, he's great at all this post scoring stuff in college and mid range work, but like, how is that going to translate at the next level against better mm-hmm. athletes, bigger guys? And I mean, he's to your point, like teams put bigger guys on him all the time and mm-hmm. you know he just has a knack for creating space and working angles and he's so patient and he's methodical um i think like it's yeah like he does play like he's six eight and he's the only i mean he's the only small guard i can really remember that can get off the volume he does in there against all kinds mm-hmm. of defenders you know we saw that last year in the playoffs especially against miami when like you know, they're throwing everybody possible at him and it just didn't matter. He's cooking mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. And I, 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 I was like, oh, I, I think I was like pretty mixed when he signed with the Knicks. Cause like he was good in Dallas. Uh, but like anytime you see like, like, I don't know if it was that much, but anytime you see like a contract extension or someone signs and that number starts with triple digits, your first thought is, wow, that's a lot of money. Um, but, Looking at it now, like I think uh, you can m- maybe make an argument that like not only is he probably fairly paid, but you could probably make the argument that he's underpaid because like there's this like like I've watched the Knicks like my whole life, obviously because they're in the Atlantic Division. They're, they're always playing Boston, um, but like this is like the first time like I, I've, I've watched the Knicks. And I'm like it feels different probably since Carmelo was there, um, where. You just have this guy, like, I, I think people, it sounds cliche, but, like, just having that guy that, like, you can say, okay, you're going to help, you're going to win us this game tonight is so important. Like, if you have that guy that it's, like, you give him the ball down the stretch and he can just do, he can will your team to the win, like, it, it does so much. And that's why I think the Knicks are went from, like, playing ceiling to, like, a legit playoff team. Like, I think maybe could have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and I think they, they can at least threaten to get there. Uh, and it's just, it's incredible when the fact that it's Brunson, because like you don't see, like, what's it, 6'2"? Like, he's not yes, a big yeah. guard. He's 6'1". So, I like, think, the yeah. fact that, so the fact that he's, like, he's that guy, like, it takes a special talent to do that. And I know, like, He's not. He hasn't had the best start of the season, but that's always something that impressed me with Trey Young. Was like, he's six one doing stuff that like guys that like six one guys don't make the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, like you find these smaller guards that can do that stuff. I'm like, that's something I always will appreciate. And like the, the smaller guards are like some of my favorite players to make videos about. Like the ones that are really just that effective because like. Of like I, I've seen great players in college that are six one, six feet, and they just don't translate to the NBA. And like those are guys who are like okay, if they were six three, six four, six five, they make it. But like I, I think seeing like those truly special special small guards um, is why it, it, it just really is something I like to highlight because I don't think people understand how hard it is. And with Brunson in particular, the way he does it with the post up, the footwork. Uh, and everything like that, like that's something that like, I always appreciate, and like, and I, I really wanted to highlight that. I think I highlighted that in an earlier video about him, uh, but it's always something. Even like, and if, if it's not the main talking, but I always want to talk about that just because of how special he is. 
Yeah, uh, Brunson actually, uh, so he measured at the combine. He measured in at uh, 6'1 without shoes, 6'2 and a quarter mm-hmm. with shoes. Um, and to your point, like, about it's so hard if you're not, like, a certain mm-hmm. size. Um, like, you know, you can just look at, even in this class, so both him and Trey Young are in this class. Trey Young measured in at 6, mm-hmm. and uh, he basically 6'1 and three quarters with shoes on. Um, but like, and like Melton is in this class too. Melton's a guy yeah. I love forever. Uh, he's six two, two and a half without shoes, mm-hmm. six three and a quarter with shoes. Anthony Simons is in this class. So you actually do have like a, a bunch of dudes in this class that, um, effectively like play bigger. Right. And, yeah. uh, yeah, like Steven Chenzo's in this class also, uh, Lonnie Walker, who's having a really it's a, nice, it's a really good class. It's, yeah. Yeah. SGA was in this class. SGA obviously uh, much bigger than these guys. Bigger. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's pretty incredible to get those four guys. Um, and obviously, and, yeah, go ahead. Especially with like, even though he's not like, big like them, like SGA is very unique in his own way because he also kind of plays like a big. Like almost all of his points come back to paint. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's a mid range god now. And like, yeah, he, he's he's a special player. Mm-hmm. Um, to bring it back to Brunson, like, you know, so I mean, I, I guess bring it back to the Knicks in general. But like, so you did this Brunson video and. You know, you t- like I honestly, I was gonna ask you. It's funny you brought this up, but like when I was scrolling through your channel the other day, I was just like, man, this guy loves guards. Like, like every mm-hmm. video is just like about a guard. Yeah. Um, but you also did a video, I believe, over the summer on Emmanuel Quickly, and um, I don't want to do too much about like because that. I mean, I think you did highlight his defense in that, which yeah, um, I think a lot of like people who are you know, uh, just catching up to like Emmanuel Cooker or suddenly like, oh my God, he's good on defense too. Yeah. Um, but like w- when you're watching him now and um, like, do you see things that he's picked up from Brunson at all in in like in, th- um, in things that he maybe didn't have before? I, I I don't know, like, from a basketball perspective, because, like, I watch the Knicks a decent amount, but I don't watch them all the time. Uh, one thing I think he's picked up on is just playing with that intensity. And I maybe not, like, he, he never had to pick it up. Like, quick, I've, I've been watching Quickly since he was in high school, and, like, he always just played with an edge to him, mm-hmm. uh, like most Kentucky guys do. Uh, but, like, one thing I noticed that picks up is, like, he, like, he feed, they both feed off of, like, that energy. Uh, and what I love about Quickly is, like, when Brunson comes out, like, I'm not saying Quickly is Brunson on offense, but, like, he brings that, he keeps that energy up, or even, it, like, brings the energy up another level if they need it. Um, so, like, I think, like, there's a connection there. Like, they just, like, they, they're both competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, like, obviously, um, Quickly doesn't have, like, the winning pedigree in college that Brunson does. Like, Brunson won two national titles, and was like a starter you know, on both those you know, teams. Quickly, quickly, and Maxi might have uh, COVID. Didn't yeah, happen. <laughs> that's always that's just that's something. If I did college stuff, I would definitely talk about that season because I do feel like we were robbed of uh, oh, I, one I, I, one Maxi's chance to like prove that he was actually as good as it, to prove that he should have gone a lot higher than twenty one. Like that, he got yeah. robbed of that chance. Yeah, um, but both those guys probably get picked yeah. way higher than they end up going. Yeah, and but. Like Quickly's defense, I, I always talk. I talked about. In the, I think I talked about in the video. Like yeah. I don't think. I think it's because he doesn't look like a defensive guard. But you think defensive guards, you think of like Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, like even like the Anthony Melton. Um, like 
bigger, like built guys. Like quickly, like he's I'm not saying he's like super skinny, but like he definitely has like a more like like lengthy frame, like in terms of like the long arms and like he's it, it just doesn't look like your traditional defensive like guard. I so I think people don't realize how good he is. And I, I, I still see teams like try and test him. Like like he's not a good defensive player and then they find out quickly. Uh, that's funny, uh, but um, uh, they 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 find out like, oh, he's actually like really good, and I think because he's he's super quick, he he's very fluid, uh, and the motor, like motor, something I always preach, like if you don't have a good motor, you will not be a good defensive player. Like you don't have all the tools in the world. Like look at, like you all have right. to buy in, you have to buy in on defense. Like okay, Wiggins, like Wiggins in Minnesota was had every defensive. All the all the tools to be a great defensive player, but it took him having to buy into a team winning the title to be like to reach his full potential on defense. Uh, and quickly, just has that motive, uh, and his motive runs hard on both ends of the floor. Uh, and this, I, I can speak from experience from having Marcus on this team for like nine years. Like <laughs> just having that guy that brings that much energy. That can just win you games, uh, and on top of that, like he does more than just, um, you know, like bring energy. Like he brings offensive value. He can be a shot creator. Like he's not like like a twenty five point per game scorer, uh, but like he's like six man level, like a, a true six man of the year level, like offensive player. Like, and I don't mean like guys that just like get twenty points and suck twenty shots off the bench tonight. Like, I mean like he's he's efficient. Uh, and brings like what you actually want in the six man on offense. Uh, and then defensively, like he's started, he's a legit, like easily started level. I would, I, I still can't believe he didn't make all defense last year. Like, that's something yeah. that always will bother me. Well, your boy robbed him of sixth man of the year, too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how the playoffs uh, go before I say that it paid off because we got Drew. We'll see. How- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but like to, to go back to what you actually touched on this in your video about quickly, and I actually think this applies to him and Brunson, which is why I think mm-hmm. they actually play really well together, even though mm-hmm. you know you're giving up size. You talked about how quickly is really good as a like he is the ideal guard in the sense of he's not you know SGA or one of these guys mm-hmm. who can just run an offense through, but he can have the offense run through him at mm-hmm. times, and he's also capable of playing off the ball. And I think like yeah. Brunson doesn't get enough credit for his ability to toggle between both those roles too. And that's like why he was so good in Dallas mm-hmm. playing off of Luca um, is that like, yeah, he's great obviously as a scorer and, and you can, mm-hmm. you know, as we saw in the playoffs, he can dial up his usage and be like a mm-hmm. 30 plus point per game guy. If you need him to be, yeah. but he has that ability to like, Hey, I'm going to toss the ball to RJ or to quick or to mm-hmm. Randall and I can space the floor and I can find mm-hmm. the open gaps and I'll make myself available and I'm still a threat. You have to respect me out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a skill, you know, like that's a skill. Playing yeah. off ball is a skill that not all guards have. I mean, you mentioned Trey Young early in the video or earlier in this pod that we were doing. And like, he's a guy that struggled with that throughout his career where he's just like not mm-hmm. active off the ball. James Harden is one of the yeah. prime examples of this, Russell Westbrook. So like, what do you mm-hmm. think it is um, about these two guys that the Knicks have that like, that they have this ability? Like what, what is that ability? If you want to like maybe expand on a little bit. So I think that ability comes a lot from your prior experience. Uh, and so I look at, let's go, I'll compare like quickly to like Trey. 
like quickly like he was like the man in high school obviously like yeah all these guys like, are the like man, every right? all these guys in high school but <laughs> he went to kentucky and like right. he's playing with these great players i think he's a, he was a two-year guy right yeah so i mean to, to your point i feel like that's probably something he yeah. struggled with right he probably got to kentucky yeah and, like, Wait, and i'm not the man now what's going on yeah so like he was on that like that team with like Tyler Hero, yeah. like PJ Washington, and he was on like, the quick then he was on like the Maxi team as well. Yeah. Um and because of that he had to like focus on playing off ball. And he, like, he was like SEC player of the year, stuff like that. But like in Kentucky, you have to play off ball. Like that's just how their system works. And it's why you yeah. see a lot of the guards go lower than they should, because they Even- don't get to showcase everything they want to. Even even Maxi that year, they had Hagen's running point, right? So like Maxi yeah. was playing off ball too, mm-hmm. quite a bit, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So like it forced him to learn that with Trey Young, also like easily the man in high school, like. Uh, and then he goes to college and he gets like this super high usage like role, and he was great. Like he's always going to be one of those guys. I wish I appreciated more in the moment and didn't just focus on the fact he was like six feet tall. And then hope on that as much because he was truly special in college, but like he's always been in that role. So like it takes it, it, it's it's harder for him to like probably adjust to that. And Brunson's like kind of like the same as quickly where he was on those great Villanova teams. He was on it when he was like the freshman starter that averaged like seven points per game. He was on that team when they won national player of the year. So like his ability to play both roles is something that I look at and say because he was he's had experience in both of those roles as like the complementary piece on one national title team and then again winning like NAS college national player of the year on another national title team, I think that help has helped him like translate. Yeah. Um I I, I think it's interesting like both these so both these guys played multiple years in college. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both guys that dropped in the draft. Um, I mean, yeah. in quick in in Brunson's. I mean, honestly, in both their cases, it was kind of interesting because Brunson seemed to drop because one, mm-hmm. it was like some concerns about his play style, but two, it was just like he's been in college so long. Like, yeah. does he really have upside? You know, I, um, I was shocked he fell out of the first round. I, I will say yeah. that he was. I, what? I mean, I, he, I, <laughs> I can't believe he wasn't the second player drafted. <laughs> And I, I like Steven Tanto, but like, right, right. I just watched Brunson. I'm like, I, he, he, he will translate just because, like, he's clearly. Ta- I, I, sometimes it boils down to, do they have the work ethic? Do they have the motor? Are they talented enough? And he had all three of those things. Uh, but quickly, like, I remember, I didn't like the pick at the time. I thought quickly was like a second round prospect in that draft. Uh, so, but clearly, he, he's well, proven he, to be like a lottery level talent. <laughs> Yeah, well, so it's funny, like you mentioned this with quickly because, so I, <laughs> this is like I, this is the last year I did anything draft related. Like mm-hmm. I stopped doing draft boards and everything after that year. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out my uh, my final number one prospect overall was Killian Hayes. Look at that. Uh, but <laughs> like the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I had I had quickly twentieth on my board. Uh, I actually had him. I like somebody. I forgot who it was that year, but they did. A, they compiled like everybody on mm-hmm. draft Twitter's boards. And I had yeah. quickly, I literally had quickly higher than anybody on there. Um, mm-hmm. So when the Knicks picked him, I was like completely fine with that pick. I had, yeah. I had Bane higher. Um, so like, if it's you know doing it by my rankings, I would have picked Bane. Like, mm-hmm. not, not trying to give myself credit because Bane's obviously 
Look, I yeah. love quickly, but Bain is, uh, he's also a great player. In his everyone, own right. but everyone, but the NBA knew Bain was going to yeah. be good. Yeah. It was yeah. a weird thing that happened with them. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think even for me, like I, what I loved about quickly when I just like watched him was I was like, okay, this guy understands how to play off the ball. He's a good defender. Um, mm-hmm. and I think like, even like when you broke down his numbers in college, it was weird because he wasn't a good two point scorer, but he had really good ISO numbers. Like he was a good yeah. I- efficient ISO scorer in college even then too. And so I was like, I was like, I, I think there might be like some upside here that we just like haven't seen, but mm-hmm. you look at him now and like, look, he's never going to be the type of, and again, you mentioned this in your video too, which was completely on point. He's never going to be this like high rim pressure type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at his growth now as a two point scorer. I mean, like, He's taking now 54% of his shots inside the arc as a rookie mm-hmm. that was at just under 48%. He's improved his percentages inside the arc. He's shooting this year from 10 to 16 feet. He's shooting 51.5%. Um, his two-point percentage overall this season is at 50.4. Like That's an insane number for him considering how mm-hmm. bad he was inside the arc coming into the league. Last year, he was at 52%. Like I don't think, and, and this is also applicable to Brunson in terms of just like, you know, but the funny thing with the Brunson draft, by the way, is we also got Mitch Rob in that draft too. So he's mm-hmm. a second round pick also. Um, but like these two guys, like I don't think there is still maybe like an appreciation for like the, the growth that they've shown. And I think really quickly, maybe even more. I mean, I guess Brunson too, because Brunson's had to expand his game outside, right? Like he was mm-hmm. a, always a good inside the arc scorer. Yeah. And now he's become really proficient as a three point pull up guy. Mm-hmm. And quickly had to develop his game inside, right? He didn't have that yeah. at all. And it's just like the level that the, both these guys have improved, um, their weaknesses coming in. And I think quickly was a good defender in college, but if you told me mm-hmm. he'd be this good on defense, I would not have believed it. Um, and Brunson's been playing better defense this year, but like, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't think it's an out, a reach to say like, these are two guys who have really exceeded their, any expectations that you would have had on them coming into the uh, coming out of the draft um, and entering the NBA that like, like compared to a lot of other guards, you know, that have come in over the years, it's kind of crazy to see Mm -hmm. how much these two have, have developed. Yeah. And I think like, that's something that the 2020 draft taught me a lot about like, so that was, um, I think it's uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I think it's my fourth or fifth draft. I got recovered. Except I started in 2016. Uh, That was like really taught me. It's like, it's, very possible to just get better mm-hmm. once you get to the NBA. Uh, and another point from that 2020 draft that I, and probably the biggest example that taught me that was Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Like, Halliburton yeah, could yeah. not finish in college. Like, I, I, I remember watching his tape. I'm like, I don't think he's finished with his left hand once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, like, just to see the growth that he's made on top of guys like Quickly, um, it's really been, uh, it really just taught me it's like these guys are still like, I know like it seems old, 21, 22 seems old when you get drafted because, you know, they're like 18, 19 yeah. now. Right. Um, but like that's still young in the grand scheme of an NBA career. Like I always say, like, if, Tatum, if Tatum has stopped improving at 21 years old, he'd be Tobias Harris. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. so like that's the thing I always think about. Like if Giannis didn't stop improving at like 21, like he's nowhere close to where he is. Uh, so, like, yeah, like, you want to get the youngest guy possible, but it's also possible for, like, these older guys to get better. Unless you're, like, Chris Duarte, like, t- older than Jason Tatum when you get drafted. 
uh, I think that's that's different, but like that's like outlier gold compared to like again, like I I I still like like Brandon Miller was the guy for me in this class. People were talking about he he was a bit older for a freshman. He was twenty one, uh, right? Definitely, yeah, he was twenty one. He's I think he just turned twenty one recently. But like people talking about, oh, he's old. I'm like, I, I don't really think that factors that, that much into my evaluation, especially considering how much better he got from his senior year of high school to his freshman year at Alabama. Uh, like the fact that he made that growth, I'm like, that shows me there's still a lot of room to grow here. I mean, he, he, I've actually been, we played the Hornets already three times. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. But he's been pretty impressive, I think, to me every time I've seen him. Um, as far like, you know, um, just in terms of like player improvement, I think that's something that um, we're all, I mean, everybody's guilty of this at various times, but like, mm-hmm. like being older, like Bain is another guy. Like he came in, he was like 23, I think when he was drafted, like, and it was like the worry was like, well, this is all he is. And it's like, well, one, if this is all he is, that's still really fucking good. Like, yeah. Uh, but like, he's gotten, right. he's gotten way better in terms of his mm-hmm. ability to attack the rim and, and finish around the, yeah. the basket. And so he like, was always a good, he don't, he never made sense to why people didn't like him. I'm sorry about the lighting, by the way. No, you're fine. Uh, um, it, it, it's something that kind of bothers me sometimes. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, but uh, my, my blind, the blinds broke. My, them so <laughs> so i'm like oh, i gotta deal with this now but um bane was always like he was a good passer like a really good pass and not a great passer like considering like the passers that were in this class like i wouldn't put him top tier but like he was clearly a, a, a very good passer uh and he was a good suitor i'm like that sounds like a recipe for a good nba player that's six foot five <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I, it, 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 will, it will always bother me that like the Celtics like this passed passed on him like three times, <laughs> well, and then they drafted they him and traded pick, him. Right? Yeah, they draft, yeah. they traded the pick, right? That was like part of the was who did they, was it? Cantor they salaried them. They they got pick? no, they got they 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 and it will always bother me. They traded the pick to get rid of Cantor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then I mean. they resigned Cantor. And I said that we just lost, but that has been banned from nothing. <laughs> um. um well, that's what always bothers me, though, because I because I had I I I was I loved Maxi in that draft. I said it multiple times before. He was my number four prospect. Yeah, I mean, I, I have my board somewhere, but I had him like I yeah. think I think I had him at eight. So like when the yeah. Knicks they they we took Obi at eight, and I was like mm-hmm. I was fine with I had kind of like I had I had landed somewhere on Obi where I was like I don't really believe in him, but a lot of people mm-hmm. who seem to know shit about the draft seem to like him, so I was like. I'll put him like I put it. I think I ended up putting him at like twelve, and he was in the same. He was at the lowest end of the same tier that I had Maxi and Vassell mm-hmm. in. Um, but Maxi and Vassell were like the two guys I really wanted at eight. But mm-hmm. it's fine. I mean that that sure. happens. Uh, yeah. But like if we didn't get quickly, then I would probably be way more upset about it. Maxi's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I mean, not just getting quickly, but also now having Brunson, where you're like, okay, look, like mm-hmm. you didn't get Maxi, but. You did get yeah. quickly, and then you got Brunson, so like you're kind of okay at the guard position. 